Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks, our second nerd shit episode of the week. We could call that a double deuce if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> we are talking about the season finale, possibly series finale of Hawkeye. First, though, let's talk to Gerald Tracy and see how he's doing this evening. Uh, Hello, Gerald. Jeff, that was the best intro you've ever had on this show. Um, Thank you. 10 out of 10, Oscar winning right now. Um, but no, I'm actually really excited to talk about this show. Um, as you know, when I first watched it, I was a little bit upset. I just didn't feel like it did what I wanted it to do. But um, after another quick rewatch and a few other things, I, I think I'm coming around on it more. I'm excited to really talk about it and dig into this one. I, I agree with you. I, I watched this twice as well. I liked it a lot better the second time around. Um it's still not what I was hoping for. Marvel TV, I don't know, the new iteration of Marvel TV kind of has trouble with their finales for some reason. I, I, I don't know why they just can't stick the landing, unless it's Loki, which is mm-hmm. about as perfect of a series I think you could have. But yeah, this one, we're going to go into full spoilers right away. I'm not waiting the 10 minutes like we normally do. Um, <clears throat> obviously. The big storyline with this one is the return of Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk. And you get him right at the beginning of this episode. Uh, and that's where a lot of the criticism has lied online. Uh, care to elaborate, Gerald? Yeah, some people are upset because of the ending um, where Maya Echo um, apparently shoots him down and kills him. But I think that um, everybody that has done that and is freaking out does need to relax because we have seen these kind of deaths in every version of every comic ever, TV show ever. Um, They never showed the body. They didn't show a funeral. And it panned away while the shot happened. On top of all that, it's directly from one of the comics, um, Maya's original, um, Echo's origin story, where she temporarily blinds um, Kingpin. So... This is a thing that's going to happen, and he'll be back, and there's no way in hell they would have brought back Vincent D'Onofrio for basically seven minutes of screen time. Other yeah. than and, that. And, yeah, well, go ahead. Oh, I was just say, other than that, like, there's nothing to complain about. He had, it was the same Vincent, it was the same kingpin we saw before, the emotion, the anger, the just aggressiveness, um, from the little eye twitch, but he was stronger in the sense of like, he was taking arrows to the chest and just shrugging it off. Um, but it was the same one and it was, he was perfect. I don't think there was anything to complain about. Yeah. I, I the kind of invincibility thing is kind of what bothered me because he got hit by a car. He got hit by an arrow. He, you know, he probably did get shot when he got hit by those arrows though. He pretty much exploded. It kind of reminded me of like Home Alone or something. Just like getting hurt over and over again and nothing happening. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's alive. The actor's been tweeting stuff all day. Um, also, there's a line by him before it happens where he says, sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye, which is mm-hmm. a direct reference to what Gerald just said. So he's alive. But, you know, that was just a small part of the episode really this whole thing has been focusing on clint and kate and their relationship and this episode was 
the thing that brought them together as partners, really officially for the first time, that Clint acknowledged her as his equal and someone who can take up the mantle of Hawkeye. And I really like that aspect of this episode. Yeah, I like that. Um, their relationship seemed really good. I really enjoyed them fighting in that um, last scene. Um, feel bad for the little bros who got picked up by an owl. Um, hopefully we'll find out what happened with them in season two. Um, but it was, it, that relationship was good. I really do enjoy, I love uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena and um, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop because like when they are fighting even, they're just, they've got this hilarious banter. Like, hey, that was a good hit. Like, oh, I think you broke a rib. Like, you know, oh, we should do this again sometime. Like, the, the hell? Like, stop making me like you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that that whole stuff was pretty good, but... Uh, I, I would say that's my favorite part of the episode is the back and forth between Kate and Yelena. Like, that whole sequence in the elevator uh, was hilarious. And then you kind of have, like, a, a throwback to Daredevil. You have that one-shot hallway fight through the office, which I thought was very clever as well. So I want a, a Yelena and Kate series, or I want to see them team up in the young Avengers, which is probably happening because they're introducing all of them right now. But that was my favorite part. I thought the final battle was, it was fine. It, it, the setting was definitely cool. You had it at Rockefeller center. Uh, in the middle of Christmas time, where the huge tree is up, the ice skating rink, that whole shebang, and I love the trick arrows. That's probably one of my favorite parts of this series. Yeah, the trick arrows are pretty great, and I love watching them use them. The different ones. Um, it was the only real thing that bothered me it was like some main characters would just disappear for five minutes for no reason. Um, like her mom just disappeared for five minutes and then showed up, or um, Clint was hanging on to the Christmas tree for five minutes because he's never like this guy can fight, go to space. He can fight a purple alien, but he can't climb down a tree. Um, People would just disappear for minutes at a time for the plot to allow somebody else to shine for its five minutes. And I think it was glaringly obvious, but other than that, I thought it was pretty good episode. Yeah. I did think that Kate or not Kate Clint did get overshadowed a little bit in this episode. Then you have the resolution of, him and Yelena because Yelena this whole time thought that he killed uh, her sister, Natasha, but they pretty much just have a conversation. Well, Clint gets hit in the face a little bit and then they come to an understanding and that's kind of the end of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very abrupt. I thought Uh, I would have liked maybe Yelena to show up a little earlier in the season because you only got her for like the last two episodes, really. Uh, mm. That would be one of my gripes. Yeah. So like I did actually like that scene because it really confirmed to us just how close uh, Clint and Natasha really were that she told him this stuff. Like even the little, the whistle he was using, like um, it was just, it confirmed how close they were. And I think Florence Pugh really play off, like getting hit with all that emotion at once, you know, realizing that, her sister really loved this man and this guy's not what he like. He may have like lost to her, but he wasn't the one that murdered her. You know, um, I wish instead of her just running off and disappearing that she would have helped with the fight because there is still stuff going down. Um, but the one thing I like, one, one of the things I didn't like, I thought it was a little campy was the, um, the three LARPers 
who like they were trying to get everybody's attention to go some way and they couldn't listen. And then all of a sudden you're dressed like as guardians and everybody wants to pay attention to you and listens to you. Um, I don't know. That was just a little weird to me. It was weird that they went and changed in the middle of an attack. Cause they yeah, definitely weren't, they weren't wearing those costumes under those suits. I could tell you that. Yeah. And dude, they changed it like Superman speed, right? Like they went yeah. to a tele- telephone booth, spun around and they came out. I was like, how the hell did that happen? Um, yeah. And then the other big reveal you have in that scene is uh, Jack Duquesne, who finally, after six episodes, uses that sword and kind of becomes the swordsman. Not really. And he's not yeah. a bad guy. He's just carrying he? around a sword and he's or, slicing the bros up. Or, or is he a bad guy? Cause like I, cause okay. So like they're leading us to believe right now at the end of season one that her mom did everything right. But what do we know about Jack Duquesne? If her mom did have the, her mom was the one that put in the bank account and all that stuff. Um, this guy was like already buying black market items. So he was knowingly doing something bad. Um, he was going after the Ronin stuff and he got the sword from the rubble. And he was the last person we know that had the sword. And then his, um, what was it? Dad, uncle, grandpa, whatever it was. Um, Armand, he, he was killed with the sword. And we, and then like, so this guy comes back in this episode, right? And he's all like, it's okay. I'm a good guy. Like I promise I have no idea what all this stuff that's going on. But the second shit goes down, he pulls out a sword and starts killing people. Like he, he murdered at least six bros. Yeah. And he didn't seem to be worried about it. So like, is like I do think he did kill his that uncle. I do think he killed Armand. Um, I think he's going to end up being one of those um, kind of like Punisher type guys. He's a he's a good bad guy. Or I bad good guy. I, I hope we get a season two. That's the thing that they didn't make clear. It mm-hmm. seems like out of all the shows that they did, this would be the easiest one to get a second season. Like Loki was a was a huge surprise to me that they're doing a second season of that. It ended on a cliffhanger, but I thought that would be resolved in Doctor Strange too. But I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know the next time we're going to see all these characters. And I, I think there's a lot of unresolved threads here uh, with Jack Duquesne as one. Kate's mom isn't really resolved. She's behind bars now, but there, there's a lot more you could probably do with that. And then Wilson Fisk. Which is who's probably going to show up in the Echo series? I'd have to guess. Yeah, and I think it also did something. This show did something to the MCU um, that none of the other shows have done, and it screwed up its timeline. Um, we have no idea when, like, they hint at when this is when this um show is taking place, but they never really come out right and say it. But um, I think they're in twenty twenty five, man. Um, in the first episode, they talk about how it's been two years since um the since um the snap and they also mentioned that like um nobody's been in the avengers compound in years like that's the only mention we get the whole time so like if this is in 2025 why are we in a story that's two years in the future because right now the mcu's i believe in 2023 correct well it's weird spoilers for spider-man no way home i mean i'm just gonna count to five five four three two one you've been warned but at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, when, spoilers again, Aunt May dies and Peter goes and visits her grave, um, you you notice that the flowers are blocking the year that she dies. So it's hmm. not clear. And Marvel definitely did that on purpose. So I did not realize that. Yeah. 
So there, and that brings up the other thing because people thought Spider-Man was showing up in this episode for the simple mm-hmm. fact as at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, um, he's swinging across the city and he swings above Rockefeller Center at Christmas time, which is exactly where this finale takes place. Um, so who knows what time it's happening? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's confusing. And then why would we jump two years after stuff? And I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home, I mean, yeah, No Way Home. I'm pretty sure it was like, because if I know, if I understand it correctly, Far From Home happened the summer going into his senior year. Yeah. And then when he got back from Europe, homeboy uh, Mysterio releases his identity. And then he's going into senior year in the year, what is it, like 2021, I think, or 2023, because they missed five years because of the snap. So, I mean, maybe the court stuff took three months. So it should be December 2023 in that in that movie, I think. Yeah, it's getting a little cluttered now. Yeah, I'm worried say. that the because Marvel's really been good at keeping timeline stuff in order and making it under, easily to understand, easy to understand. And um, although the multiverse stuff is going to be fun as hell, it's going to be amazing. See amazing, great um, actors return, but like this is the problem that comes with it because once you introduce time travel and multiverse. You're going to confuse the hell out of a lot of people. Yeah. And then the other thing that is confusing is what is canon and what isn't now? Because at the end of the episode, uh, you find out why Clint was trying to get that watch back Hmm. for the six episodes of this series. It belongs to his wife, Laura. And when she flips it over, there's the shield logo, the number 19, and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent number 19 is Bobby Morse, Mockingbird, in the comics, who had already been introduced years ago um, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. introduced Bobby Morse, but they never it called her Mockingbird. Um, so that is the interesting thing. This could still be Linda. I mean, we don't know if she changed her name. We just know that she was Agent 19. Um, so... Should they do? Should they decide to make Agents of Shield canon, which I don't believe they will. Um, I wish they would, but I don't think they will. Um, they can bring Bobby that Bobby Morse in and let her take over the mantle because I don't think Linda's getting back in the game anytime soon. I mean, we might get to see her in a fight scene, right? Because now that we know, they have to let it do it happen. But like, I don't. We're not going to get her back as like a superhero anytime soon, you know. Yeah, I honestly think Hawkeye could be retired after this. Clint Barton. And his family, just because yeah. now Kate Kate is Hawkeye, I, I could definitely see them going that route as well. Uh, the the other thing, and the other canon thing that we need to bring up is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio now making his MCU debut as Wilson Fisk. Is he the same Wilson Fisk that we saw in Daredevil? Well, I read some interviews today uh, with the actor, and in his mind, he says this is the same Wilson Fisk that we know and love and hate from that series. He played it in his head that, you know, the Kingpin lost a lot of his criminal empire in the blip. And it's taking him a long time to rebuild where he was. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. And then, um, you know, he's probably 
really upset now too. <laughs> I mean, dude's blind. Um, but he also mentioned that he was stronger. Um, I think I saw on that interview, right. Um, that he's a lot stronger than he was in the other one. He was pretty dang strong in daredevil. Yeah. Uh, he's ripping off car doors in this series, uh, taking explosions to the chest. Uh, he's not smashing people's heads in car doors yet though. Cause this is Disney plus. So we're going to get a little bit of a watered down version of Wilson Fisk. I would say I, I did like seeing, um, Vincent's tweet. He tweeted that, um, he was the one that brought the Hawaiian shirt in because he loves the cover of the uh, Spider-Man comic. I'm losing the name of the uh, family business. Yeah. Family business. Yeah. Whenever um, Kingpin's wearing the Hawaiian shirt. So I love that he, um, that he got Marvel to allow him to do that. I love that Hawaiian shirt. Look, I want them to make a Funko pop of that and I'm going to buy it (laughs) immediately. It it was, it was really funny to see him in that, especially when he had the top hat on. I loved everything about it. Um, But yeah, so We've had several Disney Plus series now. Where would you rank this one with everything that's come out before? Well, I'm definitely going Loki with number one. I think I'm going to go What If 2, WandaVision 3. Um, probably, probably this one for Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier for five. That's that's all five, right? There's not another yeah. one, right? So probably that one, but like all of them could easily be switched around to me. Like I'm coming like this one I did think was the worst one originally, but I'm coming around on it. Like I said, um, but like, I, I do think they all have their own special and good moments. Loki and what if are definitely the top ones and they could be one, two in any list. Um, the other ones are kind of just up for grabs, I think. Yeah. This one started off great. The, like through the first three episodes, I st- I thought that this was going to be the best and then it kind of hit some low points. So I can't rank it. Number one, I'd probably put Loki number one. Uh, yeah. I want division. I don't know. It's either that or what if for number two, for me, like I loved WandaVision, and that's the first MCU property we got in a long time. So like the event of it was really cool to watch with like the rest of the, the world. But the Ralph Boner stuff just killed me, and I can't get over that shit. So uh, I don't. I, I don't. I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, can't do it. <laughs> so Loki. I think we're gonna have the same order. Let's just call it that. We're gonna have the same order. <laughs> I, I do. I do think the Ralph Boner thing. I because the whole time we still don't have the answer to who was the inside man or the guy on house arrest. Because um, what Jimmy Wu. Right. He mentioned that because he's with the FBI. Yeah. And, I, and Ralph Boner had a like a very mugshot looking photo of himself as his name, as if he was being told to remember that it was his dang name. Like, I think he was one of the people that came over in the either multiverse opening or something. And somehow he ended up like, I mean, I don't know. There's got to be an explanation. I, I think he is who we think he is. If that happened, that would make that series a whole lot better because I just cannot get over that one point. They had it all there. They had the perfect setup to the multiverse yeah. right in front of us. Well, and they are bringing back um, Charles Xavier, Mr. Professor X. Yeah, that's what I hear. So, and I heard that they're um, 
they're they filmed a lot more cameos in the reshoots this month. So yeah, I I, I heard it was something to do with um the reaction to the Spider Man movie. I hope they don't overdo it. Like I hope it it just doesn't become like a like a cheap trick that they can pull out at any time. You know what I mean? They just need to have better character intros than what they had in the Spider-Man one. Cause like if those Spider-Man that came in were anybody else other than Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, like say they just hired a random actor to be a different universe Spider-Man and you did the exact same intro, like nobody would have clapped. It was really cheesy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you just like, you know, it's just like Wolverine shows up like in the background and it's like, okay. I don't want that. I want it to mean something when they show up. Yeah. But we're, I mean, these shows are all pretty good. They all have their flaws. I think the biggest flaw is that it feels like they're rushed because they're only giving us six episodes. And, um, like I think the Marvel TV series, they suffered because they always had 20 plus episodes a season. So you were dragging out like, but the Netflix episodes, 10 episode 10 is around when they would start to suck, right? Cause they would start to slow down a little bit if they had 13 or 14. So I think like, just give us 10 episodes a season. You can flush out, flush out your stories. It's the perfect way to end things. Yeah. I, I think what WandaVision was eight episodes. I think that even yeah, that's right. a good number. That's the trick. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I'd recommend this show for people who haven't watched it. I mean, you're 21 minutes into this podcast if you haven't watched it with spoilers but i mean go back and watch it it's a nice you know holiday classic i would say that you can watch every single year um anything else you want to add before we get out of here gerald um this is a christmas movie or a christmas tv show but spider-man no way home is not a christmas movie i saw your tweet jeff and you're wrong i i uh disagree it is a Christmas movie because I'm always going to remember Christmas and the great times I had, Gerald, while watching this movie right before Christmas. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to add that to my uh, list every single year, along with Jingle All the Way and Die Hard, which I'm going to go watch after this. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, you know, speaking of Die Hard, congrats to John McClane for winning our Christmas movie Battle Royale that we've been doing since Thanksgiving. It's been a ride. Thank you, everyone, for voting on that. I'm going to think of another Battle Royale to do in the future, maybe tied to Valentine's Day. Who knows? <laughs> you, you need to calm down. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to call it what I called it earlier, Gerald. That is a secret on the text. But um, I wasn't going to even mention what you said because it was too vulgar for the young ears of our listeners. Yes, and it was all by accident. That's why I run things past Gerald, so I don't embarrass (laughs) us on social media. But, yeah, yeah, we're going to be back at some point next week, Gerald, for an end-of-the-year special about a lot of stuff that I don't really know yet. But we are going to be back. (laughs) So, stay tuned, follow us on social media, and have a great Christmas, a wonderful New Year, and all that good stuff. We'll talk to you soon.